If you live in Toronto and frequent music venues like the Horseshoe, or even just have the local radio station playing in the background at home or at your place of work, then you've undoubtedly heard the catchy melodies of the pop rock quartet Jane's Party. If you haven't had a chance to see them live, I highly recommend it. They put on such a great show and should be performing live on the stage again soon. The band is made up of Jeff Giles on keys, guitars, and vocals. Tom Ionescu on guitars and vocals, Devin Richardson on bass and vocals, and Zach Sutton on drums. These guys have been hard at work making wonderfully catchy tunes that get stuck in your head since forming the band in their university years and around 2006. In their 15 years of playing together, they have put out five full-length albums, the latest of which is a collection of unplugged versions of songs they performed on the Marshmallow Review. What is the Marshmallow Review, you might ask? Well, without giving too much away, because we talk about it quite a bit in the interview, it's a very well-produced film of the guys performing out on docks or in canoes out in cottage country north of Toronto, Gravenhurst to be exact. The film really gives fans a deeper insight and personal connection to the band, and it's just it's all around a great watch. You can catch it on YouTube, uh, just search for The Marshmallow Review, Jane's Party. I caught up with Dev and Jeff via Zoom to chat about what they've been up to during COVID. Uh, we talk about the Marshmallow Review and a bunch of other stuff. Here's my chat with Devin and Jeff of Jane's Party. All right, guys. Well, uh, first off, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Really appreciate it. Uh, I was really excited when uh, when Jessica reached out and said that you guys are open for interviews right now. Uh, I haven't seen you since... Uh, actually, no, I wasn't even there for the uh, sideways session, but... Uh, that was yeah. a cool space you have over there. Yeah, well, RIP. Uh, we had to close, uh, we had oh, to shut really? down our doors. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, another COVID casualty, unfortunately. Um we're hoping that, you know, maybe one day we can get things up and running again. But for, for now, it just didn't make sense. We It was just hard getting people yeah, in. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, did, you tear down the, did you tear down the sideways? Um, yeah. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. It, it was bittersweet. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. No, that thing was cool. I was yeah. going to say, is that why it's taking so long to set up the apartment? Because you're, you're doing it sideways? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's just a bit of laziness. Actually, my first question for anyone I've had on has been how, uh, how the pandemic has been going. Most of the news that I received from Jessica, you guys have been super busy during the pandemic, so we can talk a bit more about that. How, how are things going like on a personal level for everyone? Um, on a personal level, uh, pretty good. Yeah, I think it took a, a good like chunk of 2020 to get into a good rhythm of like, okay, this is life now. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, but since then, um, I'd say like six months into the pandemic and then from then till now, I felt like I'm in a good groove, you know, no longer just sitting on the couch scared to go outside. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit more cozy now. Yeah, yeah, I'd say like other than the existential crisis and mental breakdowns every like week or two, it's been it's going pretty well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you, you got to compartmentalize for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I think I think for the band, it's actually it's actually been great. It's forced us to uh, open the door to using new tools and explore collaborating remotely. Which yeah, we've always written songs. Uh, for for ninety percent of our records, we've written songs. It'll be one of us writing a song and then bringing it to the table. A lot of times, the demo is like ninety nine percent there, and then and then we sort of add our add our flourishes. But but this has been definitely a, a a different way to create and collaborate and I'm not going to say that I love it but it's definitely opened the doors to to working in a different in a different format right you know hopefully down the road if we can continue collaborating this way uh we'll come up with some interesting interesting songs interesting projects yeah for sure for sure um when when last were you all together when was that four of us it wasn't the marshmallow review we had to be together after that right Photo shoot. Photo shoot, yeah. Yeah, we finally, once they opened up uh, photo studios for like that sh- brief period of time, because yeah. we were supposed to shoot um, press photos and like album cover photos for our new album, and then it just got shut down. So it all got delayed. Um, so when we released our first, like our new single back in March of 2020, we had to use like press photos from like 2016 and stuff like that <laughs> so uh it was good to finally get uh all together in safe environment and and shoot a bunch of new photos so we've got now we've got a bunch of stuff to last us um, right hopefully the next year and the whole album cycle and press photo and whatnot cool cool but that was the last time we were together i think other wow. than yeah the marshmallows last time we probably played together right um oh but didn't we get together in a week in a park for like a birthday shout out video or something like that. Yeah, we that's true. We did have to do some post stuff. But was that before or after the photo shoot? I think that was before the photo shoot. Yeah, you're right. Photo shoot, photo shoot. So it's documented the last time that we were together. It's okay. Well documented. There's proof. Yeah. There's proof. Well, one of the one of the really cool things that came out of necessity of like just figuring out how to do things during a pandemic was the incredible music video for uh, Change Your Mind. Yeah. And I, I was blown away when I saw that Tom was the one that made it. Like, I, I just couldn't believe I couldn't believe that. It looks so, so crisp and professionally done. I know, not not to a, say that he's not good. I, I just didn't no, know no, that it's, about him. No, he, no, he constantly surprises us with what he's capable of pulling out of his little bag of tricks. Yeah. Um, is he is he like a video guy during the day or anything like that? Or? No, just teaches, just learns it, you know, teaches himself and then... Uh. One of those, going. but one of those guys. Yeah, there's, he's never not doing something. That guy. Oh, that which yeah, is great. Which is great for us, you know. And then absolutely. he's able to sort of. So for that one, he was able to sort of like plan out everything and then sort of divvy tasks. So then, like, we would be having Zoom calls on like he'd be teaching us how to use like Adobe, fucking anything. It was it was it it, it honestly it went over my head, but somehow Jeff was able to seep in a lot of it. And so Jeff and Tom really did a lot for that music video. And then Zach and I were sort of like moral support. You can do it, guys. <laughs> yeah. I was I was Tom's like uh like minion. He would be like he'd 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 feed me the scraps and say, you gotta put these frames together, you know. But yeah, he would Tom Tom was the total mastermind behind that. Um we I mean the vision you know everything. Obviously, we bounced all the ideas off each other, but uh, a, a lot of that was just. And I wish Tom was on this on this podcast because um, he he's he's been the driving force for a lot of stuff that we've done throughout the quarantine, the lockdown, um, and you know, including the Marshmallow Review. But but change her mind was really just I think just hours and hours of him sketching frames 
like yeah. literally just like frame by frame tracing. There were some other techniques we used through Adobe, but that was the majority of that was the bulk, the meat and potatoes of that. Yeah, just the sheer hours he had to put in uh, drawing, drawing each frame. Right. So, how how close was the final product to the uh, to the initial like idea of like, hey guys, why don't we try doing something like this? I think we hit a couple snags. Just sometimes your imagination just gets so big, and then you're yeah. like, okay, no, like, okay, we have we we have to cut that, and then like the timeline started sinking in. So we're like, okay, we can't draw this big dinosaur that's going to eat this thing and then blah, blah, blah. So we had some outtake uh, drawings that he did that were really cool, but just uh, out of necessity for time, we had to had to put it together as it was. But it's still, like, amazing, and he it did is, such yeah. an amazing job. And it was just sort of like, you know, okay, we're putting out a single, stay it, we can't get together. We can't, you know, it's already been uploaded to the to the Spotify and stuff. Like, it's coming out. What are we going to do? And so, uh, yeah, I mean, we were thinking of just like, you know, B-roll stock footage, you know, uh, anyone can use stuff for it. But Tom was like, no, 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 <laughs> allow me to work a hundred hours and you know, come up with something cool. Yeah. So we all, yeah, we, we're going to do all the stock footage and then we're going to trace over all of it frame by frame. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty wild. And then we love the way it turned out and, uh, yeah. and it's a great kickoff to the, to the new record, um, that will hopefully be coming out this year sometime. Cool, cool. Yeah, I want to get into how the new record's coming along a bit later. Where where did the inspiration for the music video come from? When I, I think like the first 10 seconds, I was just like screamed like, aha's take on me. That was one of our references for sure. Okay, yeah, cool. we, yeah. We, it was, it was, we knew we, there was something like with stop animation that we could try and then, uh, Tom's always looking at different, you know, programs and like, oh, well, this filter that I just saw came out, we can use it this way. So he's always thinking of different ways to use new technologies and stuff that's come out and then adapt it to the band. So that was just, uh, yeah. And then we found the Memphis art. Like originally we were going to be, it was the, the whole aesthetic for the album was different. But then when we saw that Memphis design, which is sort of that like 90s, and then it instantly gave us like Saved by the Bell vibes. And we were mm -hmm. like, OK, that sort of works with the joyous vibe of the song, colorful. Uh, let's just go full in on that. And uh, and yeah, so we were scouring the Internet for, you know, different 90s looking stuff. Right. You know, Tiger Beat magazine, all this different, you know, <laughs> colorful teen stuff. It was fun. It was really, really fun to put together. Well, something very interesting that I that I read in the press release was that Tom mentioned in high school, he used to just like sketch around in a sketchbook. And basically the idea was like, how do I bring the sketchbook to life? And I, I think that was uh, that was something that really like clicked with me. And I was just like, oh, it totally does give that vibe off that. It's yeah, just like, exactly. you know, super animated. Sorry, what were you uh, what were you going to say? A couple albums ago, we'd had an idea that we wanted to like do a music video that was sort of like someone drawing something. And it was like we'd slowly like see the pen dissolve and then you all the pages would fill up with drawings and stuff like that. And it was going to be cool, like stop animation like that. So I think the seed of like that was there. And then we just sort of with the tools that we had at our disposal, the press photos that we already had that we were able to manipulate. Mm -hmm. um, that's just sort of how we how we got there. And we really like the, yeah, I mean, it's called Memphis design. Is that what it's called, Memphis, the, the I style? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so we, once we saw that, we were like, okay, this all fits in together perfectly. We'll go, we'll go full save by the bell with this video. Yeah, 
For sure, yeah, man, that you should be so proud of it. It's such an interesting video and especially like something to come out during COVID. I feel like a lot of bands or artists are just using like footage from Zoom meetings or whatever, you know, so you can always tell like, oh, the quality is kind of uh, yeah. not the best. And then for something well, to come out that you made yourselves is... For is, us, it's always yeah. been, quality has always been the top of like priorities for us. If we're gonna mm -hmm. put out something, we wanna make sure it's good. If we're gonna do a music video, we wanna make sure it's like really good, you know, so. And then we just try and also, you know, try and keep up with the amount of stuff we put out. So it's always a fine balance of um, trying to put out the best stuff we can as often as we mm -hmm. can. Who I was is, gonna add uh, as well, sorry, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Um, uh, the, you know, the whole, the whole sketching theme uh, really ties into Tom has done almost all of the artwork over the years for the band. He might have, it might actually be all the artwork for the band. Um, we've all had input, but he's really been, you know, he's had the vision and, and he, he always creates, creates the imagery and, and the video. And there's actually an animation sketch. I'm actually not sure how he did it, but you should check out No Good For Me. He did a video yes. for that. Yes. Yeah, and that was in like 2010, and that was with like Flash or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, the little uh, the little boy of the fish, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's definitely been an underlying theme. There's 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 a current there to follow back to back to the beginning, and, and as well the artwork for the garage sessions. Um, when when Tom Reed did the artwork for that, it was it was all sketched. It was all done by hand. All drawings of the West End of Toronto. Yeah, I think he just did a. There's like a Facebook post somewhere about how the garage sessions cover came to be it was pretty interesting do you guys have a team that you work with for uh you know figuring out like like you said that fine balance between like the songs you're putting out the videos the artwork the photo shoots it's mostly the just the four of us we wow. have like i mean we always bounce stuff off of like christina and jess um and uh listen harder so we're always bouncing ideas off of them um they've been with us for a while um but as far as like as far as like creative goes, it's just the four of us. That's remarkable. That is so cool. Um, well, yeah. Let's talk about the the song itself. It is so catchy. As with most of Jane's party's uh, tracks, they're <laughs> just uh, they get just like stuck in your head and just like hearing the chorus go on. Um, what was the uh, what was the writing process like? Was it a bit different this time around? Or oh man, th this song has been. On the, Jeff, how many years has this song been on the back burner for? Uh, a while. I mean, I mean, it was in a demos folder that we would pull up like every album cycle. <laughs> like, are we ready for it yet? No, nope, exactly. Every big tour, we we'd be at one at some point in the tour, and we'd dig into a Dropbox folder that's like all the old demos, and we'd be in the van driving somewhere, and we'd like listen through all the old demos, you know, and make a new list as to like, okay, which one should we pull out? And that song just kept kept popping to the top, kept, uh, you know, floating to the top of the, of the batch. And, and yeah, so finally we did it. We had the idea to do a stripped down raw rock and roll electric guitars, you know, pretty, pretty crunched out drums, really live feeling vocals. And we just thought that song would, would fit the mix perfectly. And I'm not sure if it turned out exactly that way, but uh, I, I think it's it's going to lead beautifully into the into the rest of the record. Yeah, I think we uh, every for every like because that's been since probably after Hot Noise. Like Tom's had that demo around, and it just kept sc screaming like 
big star to me. Every time I listened to those verses, I was like, oh, it's so big star. But I love the chorus. It's such an indie pop chorus. Um, but just for like Tunnel Visions, it just didn't fit that group. Tunnel Revisions, you know, that was a different thing. And then Casual Island was a little more polished and like futuristic sounding, if you will. And it, so it just didn't fit there. So then finally when, you know, I had a couple more like rock and roll sounding songs. Jeff had a couple rock and roll. And then we were like, okay, well, what about what about this one? Let's, you know, start jamming this live and see if it'll work. And then as we were playing it, we were like, okay, and we worked on some structure bits to it. And then, yeah, it just slowly came together as the, after we've recorded all the songs, we were like, okay, this one, this one feels good for a single. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this your first time working with the, uh, the guys from Zeus? No, we, uh, we, we recorded, uh, not directly, not directly, but we didn't directly work with them for our record Hot Noise, but we recorded in their studio, which okay. uh, used to be in the east end of Toronto. Uh, where was it again? It was at Dundas and Leslie. Dundas and Leslie. And Taylor Knox actually produced that record. Oh, cool. And th- there, wa- there was some outside input from, from Carlin, I think, Carlin and Mike at, at points, but they were never yeah. directly involved in the record. Yeah, we didn't really know them that well. Yeah, and so, <laughs> I mean, we, we look up to those guys so much and, and over the years watching their career and watching the music they made and then learning that they did so much of it themselves in their own studio mm-hmm. uh, was, was something that really appealed to us. So to get the chance to go in there and work with them, it was, it was awesome. And, and I think, I think we'll continue to work with them down the road on, on recording stuff. They got a great spot. Yeah. Cool. We were sort of just like, okay, so our, our, our idea for this next record is like full, you know, live band rock and roll. Okay. We, who, who are the gods of rock in Toronto right now? It's like, oh, Zeus, obviously, literally a god. Uh, you know. <laughs> so we went to their studio and just had the best. And it was like right before, it was actually like right as the lockdowns began, we were just finishing like overdubbing horns on the record. So it literally, we just finished rapping it just as COVID, uh, as COVID started. And so now we're just uh, waiting to get it mixed. And then uh, off to the races. Cool. What uh, what did Carlin and Mike bring to the table? Like, did did they do? Uh, did you guys do any like weird recording techniques, or uh, were they pretty like hands on during the production? They were they were really great with uh, like we'd show up and they'd be like, hey, we've got you know we want to try this new way of miking the drums. Like we check we learn from this Beatles book or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would show up and like the mics would be placed and ready so we could just walk in and like I, I used their gear like I just used their bass and their bass amp they just had they just had the the sounds like so dialed uh, so well and then just they're both such great songwriters that um, they didn't really change much but if we needed to like bounce ideas off of them or something we were unsure of they were always there with like great input um, and yeah like Mike played some some Juno on one of the songs, Carlin helped us come up with some like classic Zeus like backing vocal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was really great to have their their input on uh, on the stuff. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the backing vocals, I was uh, excited to see that the two female backing vocalists are in Frankie. Oh yeah. Do you know Frankie? Yeah, oh. I actually saw them play with you. I think it was your Halloween show at the Horseshoe. Uh-huh. You guys were dressed up in uh, Star Trek gear. Uh-huh, yeah. And uh, I've actually been in talks with them. I'm, I'm trying to get them on the podcast as well. They're so good. And I was just, I thought it was yeah, so awesome. cool that they were the ones doing the backing vocals. How did that come about? Well, 
we had uh, played a tour with them, so we'd we'd played a, r- a run of shows, and uh, and I mean, they're phenomenal musicians and, and great singers, and, and really down to earth. We got along with them really well, um, and uh, I think at one point, we 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 really felt like, you know, the the song was the song was in a place where it was good, but there was something missing. There was like a sparkle or another element, another layer, sort of tone wise that was missing from the choruses. Um, and, and I think, I can't remember who reached out to them. I, I think it might've been Tom and just said they were still in town at that point. Why don't you come on, come on over and, you know, lay some vocals down. And, uh, and sure enough, they, they made the record. So yeah, we we're oh, happy wow. how it turned out. Yeah. I think, did they also sing on live again as well? I think they sang on two songs. I'm not sure. Yeah. They're on another song. They're on another song on the record. Yeah. They're on another one on the record too. And then Tom's uh, cool. fiance also sings all, all over all of our records, Danica. Oh, cool. So. Next, I uh, I really wanted to talk about the uh, the Marshmallow Review. Mm-hmm. Another Tom quest. <laughs> well, you guys were all there. Uh, I, I just thought it was such a cool thing. Again, something just like super exciting and fresh to come out during a pandemic. There seems to be a trend with, with uh, <laughs> you guys figuring out like how to do cool stuff and how to kind of like break the mold. Trying to. Where did the where did the idea for that come from? Like doing something out in Gravenhurst and I just uh, my, my so my dad had recently like just recently retired uh, like in May up uh, into up in Gravenhurst. So all of a sudden, you know, after twelve years of being a band, we finally have a cottage at our disposal. You know, cool. that's only an hour and like an hour and a half north of the city. And so I was just hanging there one time and we just got this fire pit uh, installed and I was looking out the window and it was like fire pit, lake, like backdrop, like Muskoka Rock. And I just took a picture and I sent it to our group chat being like, hey, like, I think we might be able to like, I'm picturing like acoustic guitars around a campfire. We might be able to get something going here. And like, and then that was that. And I just met and everyone was like, yeah, that could be fun. Like, cool. And that was in like July or something. And then a couple weeks or something later, Tom sent a message being like, hey, remember when you talked about going there? Like, what if, like, I thought, what if we could call it the Marshmallow Review? And then he, like, showed me this graphic. And then I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then uh, we brought it to the guys, and then we sort of found a time that would work. Late September, Tom and I went to a park, and we sort of sketched out some ideas. Um, And then uh, Jeff and Tom started planning how we would get all the audio covered. There was a lot of moving, moving little parts to like really make it work. And we only had a weekend, like Friday night, Saturday night, and then leave Sunday. And so pretty much two nights and one full day of shooting. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a crazy, and our second cameraman, unfortunately his dog had like passed like that morning. So, Oh my God. It, uh, we, we ended up only having, so half of our crew was gone. So then it was just like one cameraman and the four of us trying to plan all these shots. And like, we had an outline, but it was very like, let's just go in the moment and see what happens. And then, uh, you know, luckily the, the cameraman, Julian, uh, Julian Peter, who's done pretty much all of our film projects since the beginning with us, he's like a fifth member, really. Um, we were able to uh, just like use all the B-roll that he shot, and then really craft this like uh, 
this special, you know, like mm-hmm. a feature, 42 minute feature film. And the whole time we were editing it, I was like, oh my God, 40 minutes. Like this is, <laughs> who's going to watch this? This is insane. <laughs> like people's attention span is like a minute. Um, but it was really cool to, uh, you know, do something different, do something yeah. other than just a live stream, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Something, something new. Yeah, it was, I also thought the the timing of it coming out, it coming out in December, I, I feel like most Canadians by the time Christmas time is like on the horizon, you're really missing like the summer days because it's getting cold and gray and wet all the time. So it was yeah. just, it was a good time for it to come out too. I think it came out December 14th. Yeah, that's what we were thinking too. Not not too late after like, rather like you know, January sort of dead. So we're like, we can't release this in February. Like that, that's in the right. depths of winter. You know, this this way, like summertime's still on the mind. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, people still a little nostalgia for it. They're not ready to like, you know, they're sort of resisting Christmas songs still. You know, it's still early <laughs> yeah, enough. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time to put it out. Can you, uh, can you give us any like fun anecdotes from the shoot? Stuff that maybe didn't make it, uh, make it to the final product or just like weird things that something bad always, well not bad, <laughs> oh, but like yeah. fun things uh, always happen on set. Well, I mean, we were we were taking Jeff out on the. Yeah, I was going to say the boat. The boat breaking might be uh, trying to <laughs> trying to lug Jeff's fat ass behind the boat. Broke our speedboat. The brand the brand new boat. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So the very last, uh, like literally, like the very last shot we had to get was the intro scene where we get Jeff uh, going, and it was like late September, so it was not warm water. So kudos right. to Jeff for like getting into the cold ass water. It was fine. It was fine. Uh, um, <laughs> You know, next time provide a boat that doesn't break like the third time you try to kick it, right? So luckily we had a couple, like we did a bunch of takes and, uh, and we couldn't get it right. We could like Jeff kept sinking and then coming up and we couldn't get, and then I think we got one and then we're like, okay, let's do one more. Like, I think we can do it better. And so the one after the one that you see in the actual video, um, I guess like one time I like turned the boat in the cove and like I heard a little bump, so I, I think we hit a rock and something got dislodged so that this very last time, like we launched Jeff, you know, and it's going good. And then all of a sudden the engine just goes ring and then like the boat stops moving forward. And then we're just like at all and Jeff's just like sinking into the water. And then we had to like, we had to take like a little oar. It was the one take. Yeah, it was the one take where it was like the perfect launch. Like the timing was great. And I was like up and then it was just yeah. like. And then the boat died. Tonk, sink. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So we had to paddle out and and rescue Tom. Uh, uh, was Tom? Tom was in the boat. Yeah, it was me and Tom. Yeah. Oh my god! And then we only had one little paddle, so we had to like paddle this speedboat like back with one little tiny paddle. Oh no! Did the boat make it? Like, is it okay now? It's well. It was the literally the last like because it was late September, so it was getting picked up to be put away for the season, like, right. the next weekend. So it was just, like, the last hurrah of the boat. So now, <laughs> hopefully, they're fixing it in the marina. Uh, yeah. we'll, know, we'll, know next, uh, we'll know next season. What is your favorite part of the uh, Marshmallow Review, the final product? I, I got to say, the, the getting to the island scene in the David Attenborough is <laughs> by far the best, yeah. the best for me. Um, so... I mean, Devin, if you don't know, Devin did all the David Attenborough overdubs. And we, I think we all added to like what the script would be for that part. And Devin, Devin sort of tweaked it. I was just like on a YouTube video, like how to impersonate David Attenborough. It was so funny. It was, let's just say, cause well, I, I, I mixed all the audio for the, for the film and, uh, 
trying to mix that like like a planet earth right was like <laughs> it was it was so funny because you had like it would compress when the vocals came in and it was like the way Jeff did the audio was so pro like the vocal coming and then the music would come back and then the vocal <laughs> it was so good let's just put it this way it didn't get old even after listening to it like 30 <laughs> times I was still laughing so that's that's how you know it was good cool and that's just something that you know that's like we just had all this b-roll that Julian right. shot and then so out of this b-roll came Tom being like okay uh, I'm thinking we can have like a planet earth type thing here. Devin, can you try and score? Um, cause I scored the music to the trailer. He's like, can you try and score something like for this scene? So then I like, I did this whole like piece that I'd scored for it. And then I sent it to Tom. I'm like, Hey, try and slip this in. And then Tom's like, Oh, that's, that's, that's cool. I actually took a stab at it too. Check out what I did. And then Tom <laughs> sent me what he did. And it was this like majestic fucking, like <laughs> it's so like orchestral piece. So that I was like, obviously we're using what you did, Tom. It's way better. <laughs> and then, so then he's like, okay, well, do you think you could try some sort of like David Attenborough uh, overdub? <laughs> and that's where uh, I went on to YouTube to try and, and then, so I had like this YouTube video of David Attenborough and then I'd flip between he, like recording my voice and then hearing his and then making sure I could match it enough. And then, uh, and then, yeah. And then quickly open the session, record the, uh, the line and then like listen back to the YouTube video to make sure I didn't lose the accent. Right. It was, right. It was fun. It was well, fun. it's funny because I think Tom replaced Devin's score, but Devin replaced Tom's first attempt of a vocal. Oh yeah. Tom had a, an abysmal, abysmal British accent. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> can you give us? Can you give us a little taste of uh, your best David Attenborough? It's his tough good without the reference. <laughs> Later that afternoon on a nearby island. <laughs> oh my God, that's great. <laughs> Zach uh, and Jeff canoed there while Devin and Tom took the motorboat over. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, I could totally see why you would get tired of that after <laughs> after listening to it thirty or forty times. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, that was really fun. But that's just something that came out of like no, like nothing. Like we didn't have that planned in the script or anything. But just you know, just trying to work on the fly and be creative, and you know, you come up with something fun sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's great. I wanted to talk about, uh, oh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it right. Music Counts? Is that, is music that Counts, yeah. Properly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. Tell me, tell, give me the elevator pitch about what it's all about and uh, why it's so important to you guys. Uh, well, we do a lot of work with uh, different charities. Uh, or Regent Park School of Music, Zach actually like works there. And so just trying to connect with, you know, music charity in some way has always been important to us. So trying to, you know, supply instruments for classrooms and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's all trying to give lessons when we can. Um, I remember we did, uh, at the charity fundraiser for the Regent Park School of Music, we did, uh, 1999, like a Prince cover with like a ukulele ensemble and, and cool. stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's always good to give back where you can, especially with like, you know, just time and, and providing music. Like it's so, so easy and second nature for us. So we're happy to help where we can. Right. Right. Now, what, what is, uh, the music counts organization like specifically about the music counts one? I'm more familiar with the Regent park, uh, side of things. I'm not sure about the music count side of things. I, I just saw that in your, uh, 
in your write-up. So if it's uh, if it's brand new, but I, I'm assuming it's probably still kind of like same same thing. Uh, from what I could read, it's about literally everything you just said. Give yeah, some, yeah. Some... If it's if it's what I'm thinking of, I'm not sure if Zach has a specific initiative that uh, he's got going right now. But uh, um, yeah, in 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 the past, that's the sort of stuff that we've done. Cool. How long have you been have you been doing that, like working with charities and? Uh, I'd, I'd say since we started working with Regent Park back with Zach and I were working with him from the Devin Cuddy band. And so we started, yeah. started to re, uh, meet Friendly Rich. And then uh, he's, he's a, one of the head organizers over there. And then slowly just, you know, trying to give our time whenever we could. Cool. So, and that would have been like 2013, 14, 14, 15, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the new album called R&R? Working title. Working we're, title? Yeah, we're we're now we're debating on now we're debating on changing it. Oh yeah, do you have any uh, contesters you're allowed to <sighs> talk about? It's it's always it's always a debate with album titles. Do you just use like a song name? You yeah. know, like do you just try and pick a song name and use that as the album, or do you try and like think of a a concept to like encapsulate the whole vibe of the album? Do you try and do something like that? So we're sort of at right now R and R is more like. It, it sort of had like a double meaning for us because it was like we call it, we always called the it was just like the R and R EP is what we always refer to it just like okay. quick hand for us like because it was rock and roll, um, and then uh, and then it was also like then there was this whole idea of like well it was supposed like we just released Casual Island in 2019 this was 2020 was supposed to be our year of relaxation so R and R was like our rest and relaxation year okay. so it had that like double entendre thing. But then the more we listen to the record now, we're like, man, this is too cool a record to just call R and R. So <laughs> okay. now, we, now we need. Uh, we're still working on another title. Unless it's ambiguous enough that people, you know, come up with their own theories as to what R and R is. I mean, I mean, I think that's the way that it could maybe work. Is it rock and roll? Is it rest and relaxation? <laughs> I don't think anyone's gonna listen to our record and think rest and relaxation. <laughs> is it right and wrong? <laughs> Right and wrong. <laughs> wrong with an R. Oh my god. Yeah, if we call it right and wrong, but it's spelled like that, then maybe I can be convinced. Yeah, yeah. But then you got you gotta spell it out then. It can't just be R and R there. Oh yeah. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll have it somewhere like deep deep in the yeah. scripts. Yeah, in the liner notes somewhere. Well, Easter egg. No, so the the, the album title is still still working. We really okay. like uh, one of our songs. Tom did some mock-up album artwork, and one of the song titles is called Live Again, and he's been using that as the working title, so maybe that'll stick. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if some, you know, muse sends us some awesome album title in the ether, and we can channel it. I've, I've been pushing for Into the Red. Into, Into the, the Red. red. Yeah. Yeah, because you know we're we're always clipping those audio tracks, you know, pushing them in the red. <laughs> want want to make it all fuzzy. Into the red, right? Kind of reminds me of like a hardcore album, I think. I know it's it's <laughs> it doesn't work, but you know, Jeff's he's still pushing for it. He's still pushing. I imagine, yeah, I imagine a mixing board and the things are going in the red. Yeah, <laughs> and that like you know, two percent of our audience will understand what that is. The rest will be like, what? Into the red are they bankrupt? Like I'm confused. <laughs> What's going on? Um, so how how far into the uh, completion of the album are you right now? Um, just mixing. We're waiting on mixing and mastering. Um, cool. And then uh, yeah, and then you know album art, album photos are done. You know, then we got to start planning um, 
planning on the next music video, how we're going to do it. Right. Does it have to be another socially isolated video, like uh, Change Your Mind, or will we be able to get together? So lots of stuff to think. Right, right. Or is Tom going to spend another 100 hours? Yeah, doing how's, how's Tom, Tom going to you know, etch out <laughs> that other 100-hour work week that he's got to find? What, what, do, what does everyone in the band do uh, as like a day job? Uh, the, me, Zach, and Tom, we're all teachers, music teachers. Oh, okay. So I've been doing, we've just been online Zoom lessons um, during the pandemic. And then Jeff works for his, uh, what is it? like a Yeah, the, the company's called company. Integrated Assessment Services. But it's, you're not supposed to ask that sort of stuff, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we, we got we to gotta create the illusion that we're, you know, we're, we're only musicians. You could have just said that, though. I know, but I, I couldn't lie. I couldn't lie. You can't man. lie. Because you can see his face. He, he's really bad. He's really bad at lying. Um, yeah. He'll break out of a sweat. He'll turn bright red. I failed acting for non-majors, so. <laughs> no, that's not true. Your teacher really liked you. She thought you had a special something. Yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, one day. Maybe one day I'll get into acting. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should. Totally. Especially if you, if you got props from your teacher. You should totally do it. I know. Well, <laughs> I, I don't think there's much of a future... Uh, I don't think there's much more of a future in acting than there is in music with everything that's yeah. going on in COVID. So right, I'll, I'll right. stick to music for, music for the time being. True. Wh- which Although the shoot? film industry is is uh, was kind of going through a boom. Um, it's slowed down now a bit, but uh, it seems like a lot of American productions are coming up here. Yeah. Pretty exciting for those working in film or trying to. When could uh, your fans expect the album to drop? I mean, I would hope, I would hope for like... Uh, Fall would be safe. I would hope for spring, but um, just because everything's done. But you know, it's always because we're we work together so closely on everything. There's always four competing like business. Mm-hmm. You know, Zach always has the business mind and like all that, and then we have the you know creative. Let's just get it out there, man. Sort of vibe. So right, it's always right. finding a balance between no, we need X amount of weeks to push it to this, to push to talk to this, and it's also like you know, do we want to put like, what's the environment of putting out like an actual record? We sort of tested the waters with putting out a single. Um, and that was good. And then, but like, do you want to really blow the whole album, you know, when you can't tour it or something like that? So right. Yeah. Debating different release strategies. If you want to just trinkle out track at a time right now, uh, the next release is going to be the audio songs from the marshmallow review. Cool. So that's all going to come out onto Spotify. So you can listen to all the acoustic songs and then also the all the other musical segments that we added in there. Like oh, the cool. Because there's like, you know, the 80s boat Miami Vice scene and stuff. Yep, like the, yep. the, the, That's all music that we also composed as well. So I just want to oh, get, that out, get that out there as well. All right. I got some uh, Toronto-based questions now. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, and before we get into that, I did kind of want to get a, a bigger picture on how you all met. How did we meet? How we all met. Yeah. Um, do you want the truth or a lie? <laughs> well, you're not good at lying. I'm not good so. at lying. So. <laughs> uh, the, the, the truth is we met at York University. We all studied jazz performance up there. Yeah. And we all, Tom and I met um, because we were in the same theory class. So they, they basically put everyone in, in different theory rankings. Like there was like the best class, the second best, the third best. And then I think we were like, there was a fourth best and the fifth. And I think we we're like the sixth, like we were the worst. Okay. 
we failed theory. Like we failed the theory test. So we were in the same theory class together. Okay. Um, so we met, obviously being bottom of the pack, we felt the urge to push our way to the top Prove yourselves. Of, of the hierarchy. Right, and, right. And, and so, so we did everything we could to, to do that and ended up, anyways, we, we became friends, started a cover band, Devin joined, Zach joined, and it wasn't long before we were playing originals and we, and we, were, we were Jane's party. Cool. Um, I think like really the first, the first show I think we ever played as Jane's party, I think Zach booked the show. Yeah, I can't remember if it was the Fox and the Fiddle up at Keelan Finch or if it was the Horseshoe, which one was the first one? Or the Rivoli. Or the Rivoli, yeah. Oh, Christ. I thought there yeah. was one at the Rivoli. Like, the one that sticks out of my mind was at the Rivoli, and we brought like all these people from York University down, and it, and it, was, a, it was a real jam. I mean, listening back to the audio recordings of that night, like, oh, man. we weren't great, but people seemed to love it, so we, we, we stuck with we it. We had heart. We had heart. Yeah. Do you, do you remember how that, how that show went in general? Uh, dude, well, because when you're in university, you have so many friends to just like right. come. So like we were like filling, we were filling venues like with all these like young, like partying kids. And we were like, being in a band is easy, man. Like we're huge, you know? And then, you know, you graduate university and you move downtown and no one knows you. And you're like, oh crap, you better start making, building a fan base here. Yeah. Cool. And uh, I know there's uh, the band's name as a tribute to Jane Street in, yeah. uh, in Toronto. Where does Jane's party come from? We know the street, the party side of it. The party is we, you know, we would always jam in uh, in this in this garage where the garage sessions actually comes from. Um, cool. We had this uh, two car garage that we converted into a jam space, and you know the folklore is that we would be rocking so hard that you know, they could hear us partying over on Jane Street. Okay, I like that. That's a good answer. Uh, okay, now we're going to get into the Toronto Toronto based questions. So, uh, what is your favorite area of Toronto? West End, just east of Etobicoke. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> it, baby. That's the one. Uh, I do. I love my area here on the Humber River. Like I, I just you know walking the dog, smoke a joint. It's like the best like way to center yourself. Mm-hmm. Start my have a you know have it just start myself off right for the day. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's like it's nature in the city. You know, I lived across from High Park, and it, High Park is just like also awesome, but it gets a little more populated. Whereas right. you come further west, and you're on the Humber River, and it's just you know, it's peaceful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Jeff, are you also based uh, out out in that end of the town, or I'm based out of the Junction Triangle area? Oh, okay. Yeah, so just just on the east end of the Junction. Okay. Cool. I don't know if you've, you've ever been to Farmhouse Tavern or Wallace Espresso. But is that your yeah, favorite spot? Yeah, I have. Is that my, f- yeah, I, I would say. I've been there for seven years. I, I, I love that area. Yeah, Junction, Junction's like definitely like been up and coming for a while. I, I know like uh, a lot of my friends have like started. I think, it up up and, and, I think it up and came. I don't even think you can get a house there anymore. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I now like North Jane and Eglinton is the new Junction, I think. Right. <laughs> favorite, uh, favorite restaurant in Toronto? Hmm. I love, uh, well, is it like, oh man, so my favorite restaurant closed during the pandemic. It was the Aww. Ace on Roncesvalle. It was like the best date spot you could ask for. Um, so the Ace closed, which is unfortunate. But if I'm like for restaurant, um, it's, oh man, Jeff, you go first. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have one. Because I have like a favorite burger spot. I have a yeah. favorite like Thai spot. It's hard okay. to like, culminate it all in like one. like a sit down restaurant I, I don't think i have one i think my favorite 
food place would be Jerk King. Oh, yeah. Jerk King's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love, like, Rudy Burger, like, Rudy's. Like, yep. I love that place. Uh, um, you know, pie, like we were talking about earlier. Like yeah, for sure. Thai food. Okay, okay, let, let's do it like this, then. We'll do it in categories. Best pizza in Toronto. Okay, best pizza? I say, I say Revolver on, on the West End on Royal York. Okay. With you north can... of Brooklyn, a close second. Uh, FBI. That? FBI. Oh, interesting. I actually got in a fight with FBI Did on you? the phone. Yeah, and they and they they refused us service, and now I think we're blacklisted by the FBI. <laughs> That's how you know it's good, man. No soup for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, they can I'm against blacklist you. I'm against the FBI, man. I'm storming the Capitol on this. I'm against it. <laughs> uh, okay, what about uh, best burger? Rudy, I love Rudy Burger. Rudy, yeah. yeah so there's Rudy one on co- yeah college. Oh, it's so good, man. Yeah, I love Smash Burgers. Any type of Smash Burger, I know it, like every place in Toronto now serves it. So I have a couple more to try. That's for sure. Okay. But uh, Rudy is when I'm out of the city and I come back to the city, I'm like, and I want a burger. I want like a nice one from there. Okay. And W for sure. And W, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, man. In terms of like the mainstream uh, burger places, I think A and W is my favorite. The too. Teen Burger is uh, well, b- better than a Big Mac. Come on, Big Mac. I guess Big Mac is its own category, really. Oh, like I just feel like I know the damage I'm doing when I have a Big Mac. Whereas like, with 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 uh, with A and W, it's like I convince myself there isn't damage being done. It like it it seems healthier. It's happier cows for sure. But my thing, no antibiotics, man. my, my thing is house. the way Big Mac tastes like its own thing. It's its own Big Mac. Yeah. It's like almost in like, its own category. It's its own category. But then A&W, they've like, they're like the meat's getting happier, which is all great, but it's tasting more and more just like a regular burger I'd make at home, you know? Okay. So okay, like yeah, next time you saying. eat an A&W burger and you like taste the meat and you taste everything, you're like, okay, this is. This tastes like a hamburger, but a Big Mac tastes like a Big Mac, you know? Right. Like it's like its own thing. So I feel like A&W is getting a little closer to more just like middle of the road, you know? Like it just tastes okay. like a burger I'd make at home. It tastes like, it tastes real. Yeah, sure. Real. <laughs> real. You want to use that? Sure. I'll put air quotes around that. Uh, got, okay. We what gotta about- crack, We got to crack the code on the secret sauce then, McDonald's. That's, that's the, new, the new mission. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually, I think I found a recipe for the secret sauce uh, from a disgruntled uh, McDonald's guy <laughs> that posted it to Reddit. Oh, that's awesome. And I, I made it, get... and it, was, it wasn't the same. It was very close, though, yeah. I, I will say, as much as A&W is great, you, you do have to check out Tuck Shop. They're right around Tuck the corner Shop. from me. Yeah, oh. they, do, they do amazing burgers. Okay. Uh, the Tuck Royale is yeah. delicious, so. Oh, if, cool. Off, the, of, uh, off DuPont. Yeah, cool. if you're ever in the Junction Triangle area. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I have to get a barbecue for my, uh, for my balcony. So I was going to go up to the Home Depot up there. So yeah. I'll, uh, I'll drop in Tuck Shop for sure. Uh, what about favorite hangover meal? Big Mac. <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer a big greasy breakfast. There's a good, what's it called? The Good Fork? Good Plate? It used to be right by me. The Good Fork at uh, Dundas and Sheridan. Yeah. Oh man, have you eaten there before? No. Good Fork. It is possibly. It used to be right at Jane and Bloor, so I would go there all the time. Um, they've got like a little Turkish influence. Um, oh, cool. But they have like these red velvet pancakes and this thick cut bacon. Oh my god. Red it's, velvet pancakes. Oh, you can't even imagine how good Holy it is. It's crap. called Good Fork. Um, so that is my 
definite. And I could also put that up there as possibly my favorite restaurant. So maybe Good Fork, now that it's come back to my mind, Good Fork, I'm going to call favorite restaurant and my favorite hangover spot. Get a nice fucking spicy Caesar and, you know, thick cut bacon, red velvet pancakes with the cream cheese. Oh, my God. That's, oh, man, you make me hungry. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, I'd have to go, like, a good breakfast. I mean, I like Eggs Benny, so Eggs Benny with the Caesar or something like that. Figs in the East End has a good eggs, Benny. Have you ever eaten at Figs at Queen? No, uh, I'm going to check that out for sure. Right by uh, Union Sound Studio there. Cool, 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 cool. All right, what about favorite bar? Cameron House. Cameron House. Okay, cool, quick answer. I like that. Uh, Best venue to play? (laughs) Uh, I love the the Danforth Music Hall in Toronto. Danforth Music Hall is really fun. Cool. What about you, Jeff? Same. I, I'm I'm still the Cameron House. Cameron House. Okay. Uh, We've just had so many good memories there. Like coming up as a band, like we played there so much, and uh, you know the, the family who owns it are good friends, and and we just you know when you there's not many places in the city where you get to play three sets of music, so um, you really get to hone your chops there as a live right. band. You feel like you're welcome. You feel like you're welcome to stay, and yeah, everyone really really wants you there, and. I don't know. Yeah. You feel like you're in your own living room or something. You know, you know, right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. You know, whereas, I mean, playing those big stages is awesome. It's just, it's it's a totally different, totally different feeling. Right. Yeah, there's definitely something more intimate about the Cameron House, which is why we keep going back. Okay. What about best uh, best venue to go to as a spectator? Uh, Horseshoe for me, just because they still get great bands. I was supposed to yeah. go see Del- Delta Spirit there, but they uh, they obviously canceled the show as they have all the shows, but yeah, I've seen a lot of great bands at the horseshoe and it's still, uh, still great when it's like packed and the band's rocking. It's yeah. tough, tough yeah, to yeah. beat. And it's so iconic too. So iconic, right? Yeah. I feel like the, the Phoenix is pretty cool. Yeah. 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 I've, uh, I've enjoyed the Phoenix too. Yeah. That like that whole upstairs that like sometimes is VIP sometimes. Yeah. Not. Yeah. It's nice to just sometimes hang up there and just watch the show. Yeah. Okay, what is the most Toronto thing that's ever happened to you? Hanging out after a TIFF party at George Strombolopoulos' place and then uh, ending up getting to jam with Jackson Brown because he was in Toronto visiting or like doing a gala event. That was probably something that could only happen in Toronto to us. I guess unless you lived in L.A. or something. But right. That okay. was pretty, uh, a pretty that's a good answer. Toronto-centric thing that happened to us. I have no got- idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's okay. I mean, I mean, going to see a Leafs game and then you know playing sets at the you know rushing from a, a Leafs game to make it to the Cameron House to play a set is also pretty Toronto. Oh yeah, that's so Toronto. Cool. Uh, all right, now we're coming to last few questions. What band or artist has been getting you through the pandemic? Hmm. Let me see here. It's a good question. Let me consult Spotify here. I'll tell you. Oh, Talking Heads, for sure, for me. I've just oh, cool. been on, like, there's, like, one of those bands that I always knew, like, the hits, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I knew how influential they were, but I've just really been digging in over the past couple months and just loving it so cool. much. Cool, yeah, man, I so, love Talking Heads. Talking Heads has been a real a real one that I keep going back to, for sure. Jeff, you got one? Um, I don't know. I mean, I've been listening to, still been listening to a lot of Mad Dunk and Sheepdogs. I kind of I kind of got back into the Bee Gees again. Okay, that documentary was cool, eh? Yeah, 
just sort of going back through a lot of their old old hits and then obviously going down that road um you know listening to you know going i, I love the classic stuff so listening to to a lot of the classic acts kathleen cool. edwards is kathleen edwards's new record was good um delta spirit as i said their new record was awesome uh and then a lot of podcasts a lot of like uh armchair expert mark oh, yeah. Mar- mark marin uh reply all this american life all that jazz broken yeah. broken record obviously is my favorite but rick rick oh, rubin, I don't, I don't rick rubin and malcolm gladwell oh man it's so good it's just cool. like every musician you'd ever want an interview with he like talks to wicked that's yeah. awesome yeah, so uh, okay. How do you go about finding new music in general? Um, uh, well, in Toronto, I actually have a record player. So uh, before pre-COVID, it would every now and then my partner and I would go and browse through different, you know, different record little vintage spots, even like thrift shops or or whatnot, and and try to pick out an old record. But I mean, more recently, honestly, Spotify mm-hmm. release radar you know, playing a song and then letting the next ones, you know, letting the next ones, whatever, whatever comes up, jump in and go, Oh, that's cool. And then check out that artist, download that album. Right. Yeah. I'm always a bit more of a, always like look on random social media. Like, you know, if I see something on Twitter of, you know, some band that has done something or some band, I like recommends this other band. I like to look at like playlists that bands put up Mm -hmm. or like, uh, you know, music critics put up, you know, these are some songs that I've, because I, I yeah I love finding new music I'm always hunting you know, yeah. sniffing out sniffing out the next newest thing to get my rocks off so that's how I usually go about it yep yep and I found cool. some cool ones like Star Parks was a cool band that I found that I was obsessed with um, they have a song called uh, Oh Boredom by Star okay. Parks you should Star check it out Parks yeah it's a really cool song cool yeah I'm like making a lot of notes of restaurants and bands <laughs> podcasts. Okay, what, well, you, you kind of just answered it, but maybe, uh, Jeff, you could uh, chime in as well on this one. But, like, latest and greatest find, music-wise? Latest and greatest find, music-wise. Could be new to you. Could, it could be an old band, but, like, uh, something new that you found that you're really into. I guess listening back to some, to some old Billy Preston stuff Okay, was pretty cool. I, got, I, I went down that road again, and... Uh, and then I, I, I also got back into this pretty eccentric, crazy piano player from New Orleans, uh, James Booker. Okay. Not Booker T, James Booker. <laughs> okay. So check check him out. Uh, just digging into old live recordings, and, and same with Billy Preston, a lot of old live live records. Right. Cool. All right. I'm going to make a note of that. All right. And then uh, last question. Who, in your opinion, should I have on the podcast next? Ooh. Or try to get on. <laughs> yeah, Zach and Tom <laughs> from Jane's from this band Jane's Party. <laughs> I mean, I mean Dizzy's a great Toronto band. I'd love to hear what they're up to. Yeah, Dizzy's fun. I mean, our pals Ferraro, they're always good, good guys to chat to. Shad's always up to yeah, something. We've been, we've been working on a song with him. Yeah, is he? Would he be open to it? You think? I have no idea, yeah, but never know. worth a shot. Yeah, he's I mean, great. He's a great guy. He's down to earth. He loves talking about. He's super knowledgeable when it comes to music. Yeah, everyone that I know that's like met him or worked with him in some way just has the he's nicest the best, things to man. say about that he's guy. The best. So. He's the best. Yeah, he'll have a new song coming out that we worked on. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you have to. I think it might be. Well, we'll see what happens with it. But 
yeah, it's definitely cool. Can't say much now, but right. it's cool. Is it going to be featuring Jane's party or? Uh, no, no we more words out. No secret. We, yeah, no, we can't can't let can't let anything know. <laughs> awesome, guys. That's uh, that's all the questions I have for you. Right on. Thanks, man. Cool. Awesome, boys. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you. man. Enjoy the rest of your days. And yeah, uh, you too. Good luck unpacking. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and I I can't wait to uh, hear the new album. Look out for that new uh, shad track that uh, you may or may not have had a hand in. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to be able to see you guys perform live again. You're such great, a great man. band. And uh, thank you. Yeah, missing missing seeing you perform. Thanks, bud. All right. Cheers, guys. Have a good one.